0: So if you will, you can open up your Bible. If you have one at home, uh, we encourage you to open it up and, and look in your Bible at the scriptures we're going to turn to or on your phone or your tablet, I guess your computer. However, um, Psalm 46 we're going to look at. I'm going to talk about God being with us. And, um, you know, we had been teaching in a series called Plentiful, and we, last week was the last week we talked about it. But And it was talking about the harvest being right and people without a shepherd and how they're scattered and weary. And, and I'll tell you what, that shows right now. More than ever, people need to hear the message of Jesus and the word of God and what God can do. So Psalm 46, I'm going to teach, I guess, or preach or do something, not cartwheels, Um, because that might not be that graceful, but I'm going to share from the word of God. I'm actually going to teach this whole psalm or share from this psalm, and maybe you're familiar with it, but verse one says this, God is our refuge and our strength. God is our refuge. If ever this is true, it is to the New Testament believer who has God with them and God in them. Because even under this covenant, we've got a better one. And it says God is our refuge and our strength. It says a very present help in trouble. That means right now, he is present. He's going to be present when we go offline, when we go home, when we go to work, whatever it is, God is present with you. You can become conscious of the fact that God is with you if you're saved. He promised, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. And so he said, And I'm a very present help in trouble or in a time of need. Well, that means he's not just with you. It's one thing to be with somebody, but it's another thing to be with them and helping them. You know, if you ever wanted help and said, uh, you know, you're carrying something, you know, real big and somebody sees you and they just keep talking to you and it would have been nice if they said, need a little bit of help. You know, will you grab this? Help me a little bit and you're struggling. After you struggled a while, sometimes they... Gets through, and they're like, "You need some help," and then you always get the one in the crowd that will give you a hand. Thank you very much. But God's not like that. He's not going to give us a hand. You know, we'll watch them work it out on their own. No, He works with us when we put our faith into action, and when we act on His word, He works with us, and He doesn't work with us from a distance. He works with us in us and through us, and he's with us. You know, on the inside and on the outside, you could say. And he said here, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, because we know God will help us and work with us, we don't have to beg him. You with me? I'm just going to say this. Don't say this, oh, well, God will just finally come through at the last minute. Don't expect that. At the last minute, God always comes through. No, don't expect that. Expect God's helping us now, right now, not in a week from now. When a week comes, he'll be helping us. He'll prepare the way in front of us. He'll do things, but expect him to work now. Believe now. He said, believing, you will receive. And so we need to believe now he's helping us. It says, therefore, I will not fear, even though the earth is removed, and though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah. What does that mean? It means think about this. No matter what's going on around you, and he gives all the terrain of the world, so no matter where you are and wherever trouble comes up, we don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid right now. You don't have to be afraid of germs. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Cooties, nothing. You with me? We don't have to be afraid. And I say that part is a joke, but you know. We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God's with us and he's helping us. He said he lives in us and he quickens us. And so when he said all these different things, the mountains, you know, shaking, the earth being removed and the swelling of the seas, all these different things, he's basically saying, listen, I'm with you. I'm your refuge. I'm your fortress. Don't just shout the victory when all things are calm. You can be bold when things are shaking all around. You can be confident when you're looking all around and seeing chaos and calamity. He said, I'm your refuge. I'm your fortress. I'm your protection. And therefore, I'm helping you. You don't have to fear. No matter what you see going. And here's the big thing. It's not just time to shout and go praise the Lord when everything's going good around us. You with me? We should have this all the time because good things are happening for us no matter what's happening in the world and we can declare that and we can expect that and we can act that way. And so here at the end, he said Selah or think about it. A very present help. Many of us are familiar with Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He said, I will never leave you. So when he said, here, I am a present help, that means every day. That means tomorrow, in a month from now, last week, last year, no matter what, he was a present help. And in the New Testament, he said, I will never leave you. And I will not forsake you. In other words, it's that same kind of context of I'm with you, but not just with you, but with you helping you. And so he said, When I'm here, I'm here with you, and I want to do something. I want to assist. And I know the Lord's paid for things, and I know there's an exercise of faith. And so when he said, I'm here, in these first verses, here in Hebrews, he also said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Or in other words, I will always help. I will always assist. In other words, you could say it like this. I'll back up your faith. I'll be involved. And it goes on to say, so that because of this, now before it said, therefore we don't have to fear. Now in Hebrews 13, 5, He said, so that we can boldly say. When is it that we need to boldly say? When everything's good? No matter what. No matter when. We can boldly say, God, you're helping us. You can declare this, and we should, till he returns. Or we go to be with him. You know, because, you know, I don't know that we'll be, you know, his return is that far off. But at the same time, we just need to be this way all the time. Why can I be bold? Is it in my own strength and my own ability that I trust? Here, when he said it, it's because he's with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us or let us down. Therefore, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear, or whom shall I fear? In other words, what is there that I should fear? And I can boldly say, he is assisting me now. Why does it God want us to boldly say things? Why is it so important? Why did David need to speak to the giant first? Why did God tell the children of Israel to shout before the walls came down? It's interesting, the Bible said this Before I do anything, I let my people or my prophets know. Well, God speaks things. He declares things. That's how Jesus performed miracles. Believing things in his heart. Speaking or acting on the truth. And we're to boldly say and know that God goes to work in those conditions when we're trusting him. Verse 4 says this. There is a river. Whose streams shall make glad the city of God. We could say it this way: There is now a river whose stream shall make not just the city of God, but the people of the kingdom of God. What will it do? Make them glad. There's a river. And he said, "The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. This is where this river flows. Well, we know this, that the Bible said in Revelation 22.1, it says there's a river that flows from the throne of God. It's a life-giving river. But do you know, where does that go? Is it only in heaven? Here, he said, after giving all these things and stuff going on, he talks about not fearing, even though the world's shaking. And then he said, There's a flow from me that will make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high or the dwelling place. Well, we know in the New Testament, he doesn't just dwell in a building. He dwells in his people. He dwells in you if you've given your life to the Lord. And so what's interesting is Jesus introduced this thought too. In John 14, 13 and 14, and you can turn there if you want to. He met a woman uh, who had been caught in adultery, or not? I'm sorry, not caught in adultery. Was living in adultery. He didn't condemn her, but he said to her, he said, you know, he he said he wanted to drink a water from her, and she was perplexed that he would even deal, you know, he would deal with her. And so Jesus has this conversation about drinking and this gift that he was to the world. And she said, well, who are you? Are you greater than our father Abraham? And I'm kind of cutting through the story. And so I'm going to pick this up here in, in John, if I said that, 4, verse 13. And Jesus was talking about drinking from this natural well. And he talked about offering water that was divine living water to humanity Jesus said in verse 13 and he said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him where do you think Jesus got his water he didn't have a canteen He didn't have normal water there that day because he said give me a drink of natural water but he was talking about a different kind of water and he was an emissary from heaven. He was God in the flesh. He was representing heaven. He was just extending the flow of heaven to humanity that day and telling them there's not only a throne, a flow from the throne of living water but you could drink of this water and notice how he said it. He said... But whoever drinks of this water, this natural water, you know, he'll thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him or her to that person. Only Jesus can give this water. This is a water nobody knows until they drink. You can sense God. You can experience God to a degree. But there's something about getting this. And he said, I shall give him this water that I shall give him, when he gets this, he will never thirst. But this water or the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of living water, notice this, springing up into everlasting life. In other words, everlasting life will rise up out of you He called this living water. It's the same kind of water that flows from the throne of God. Isn't it interesting here? He said it would make these people glad. No matter what was going on around them, God would work with them and he would bless them. But Jesus upped it. And he said, I'm going to put it in you. And it will constantly bubble up. No wonder we as Christians can claim joy peace, and victory, and no, we've got a divine supply in us no matter what's going on in the world. And so in the next verse it says, God is in the midst of her or his people. Thank God he's still in the midst of us. It says, she or his people shall not be moved. Notice everything else is moving, but not God's people. God shall help her, or help his people. Just at the break of dawn, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, or his word, and the earth melted. This is God going to work. This is God, the one we serve. And notice this, the Lord of hosts, verse 7, is with us. I don't know about you, but there seems to be a reoccurring theme that we're not alone. He was with them. He's with us, but he's also in us. And it says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge or our protection. Then that word again, selah, or think deeply upon this. Well, we know in Matthew 28, 20, it says, when Jesus went to heaven, he said, and it's interesting, he goes to heaven and he said, lo, I'll be with you always. He told all his followers, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to be with you always. And it's interesting, 1 John 4 4 says, greater is he who's inside of you than he who's in the world. We need to become conscious of God, his assistance in us, we're not lacking power. We have a power in us. God himself as a believer. And he, you know as a believer he's living in us. And so we need to become conscious of that. We need to declare that. He's with us and helping us. Notice verse 8. Come and behold the works of the Lord. Who has made desolation in the earth. And really these verses are talking about how he works with us as we trust him and he destroys our enemies or he assists in that he makes wars cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow or you could say the weapon and he cuts the spear in two he burns the chariot in the fire in other words these are the weapons that get defeated verse 10 says be still and know that i am god I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11 says, "The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is of our refuge." I want to turn to Matthew 20 or Matthew 18. God is with us. God is helping. One thing is for sure, We don't have to pray to God in life and go, please God, do all these things you said here. Actually, we've been given authority to do things. We can speak to mountains. As a matter of fact, Jesus commanded people to do things. One time he came to the people and he had expected them to rise up in faith and deal with things. And he said, how long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring the child to me. In other words, he wanted them to get results. While he was on the earth with them, he was able to get results for them in a certain fashion. And he said, I'm not going to be here. You guys need to rise up and do this. You're going to need to do the works that I do when I leave. Because I'm going to come and live in you by my spirit, but you're going to have to do my works. That's why he said the works that I do, you will do also. So many people are waiting for God to do something when we should do something and God will back us. We can speak to things. We can act boldly on his word. And he will assist us. And so sometimes we're thinking we're waiting on God. We're not. He will back you up. He will back us up right now. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to be alerted to that fact. And this verse here, in Matthew 18, 18, I'm going to read it actually from the New Living tra- Translation. It says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth, you could say refuse on earth will be forbidden in heaven. In other words, if you forbid something or resist something, heaven will back you up. And then it goes on to say, and whatever you permit on the earth will be permitted in heaven. Heaven will permit things and allow things. But if you will refuse things, heaven will back you up. Heaven will get involved. You say, what do you mean heaven? I mean God. I mean His power. I mean His divine life. That's why we take His promises and His finished facts, the things He said are completed, and we act on those things, and we believe those things. Why? Because when we do, and we say, no, we're not having that because God said, I've got this, then He'll back you up, and He won't permit, or He'll permit. But he'll back up whatever we want. Whatever we do. So really he relies on us. Now in his mercy he does do some things but in all reality the principle of the kingdom is what is it? He said this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. If we'll trust and lay hold of the scriptures and the truths that tell us what we have, man, heaven will back us. Heaven will back us. We should make our words work for us. We can boldly say, God's with me. He's helping me. He's delivered me from the power of the enemy. God is for me. The enemy has no power over me. And we can boldly as believers declare these things. No evil shall befall me. We, we should know Psalm 91. I will say of the Lord. Why? Because when I say of the Lord, God will back me when I trust Him. And God wants us to refuse some things so He can join with us because He said He works together with us. Amen? And so it's just not my ability, but if we trust in simple faith and act, man oh my, evidence, 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 evidence. All the time. Evidence of the truth in manifestation in our lives.